Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their three- to ten-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, it's always exciting when we have uh, guests that um, have had a great interview in the past, and they come back and we build upon that. We're going to do that today with our first guest, Pam Reyes. She's a business and leadership advisor out of San Diego. And last time we talked about how um, the best leaders are not well-rounded. And it's a great interview. If you get a chance, go back and listen to it if you didn't hear it um, at our our audio library. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit different, how to build cohesive, high-performance teams. Now, do you ever wonder how some teams seem to be firing on all cylinders and others are just limping along? Well, we're going to learn from Pam today um, how you can build cohesive, high-performance teams based on strengths to improve profitability and redu- reduce turnover. So, Pam, I'm looking forward to that. Welcome to the show again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Pam, we had a lot of great comments from the last um, interview, and um, I, you know, no pressure, but uh, I think you're going to probably <laughs> <laughs> live up to that again. I'm sure you will. Um, before we get into the topic of the day, Tell us, tell our listeners who didn't happen to listen to the last interview a little bit about you and your background. Well, um, what I come from a corporate background, so I spent about 20, 25 years in um, various leadership roles, uh, international leadership roles in corporate America, working for large companies. And what I found is I was also responsible for uh, leading cross-functional teams. So what I found out the hard way as well, um, we all learn from our mistakes. (laughs) What I learned is I've I've been part of teams at at some point in my career that have been firing in all cylinders. And I remember early on in my career, it's, it's almost like a nirvana. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is great. Everybody's getting along. We work so well together. It's like a well oiled machine. And people used to say to me, oh, don't get used to that because, you know, that doesn't always happen. Well, the longer I stayed in my career, I did find that all of a sudden you get merged or um, acquired and groups groups meld, and you just don't get those same dynamics. Well, it's not by happenstance that that happens. Sometimes we have our teams that are um, that that are designed by circumstance, and others that are built uh, intentionally. And so those that are created intentionally, being those high-performing teams, are those that, in fact, are like those well-oiled machines. So um, learning from my background and leading cross-functional teams and delving into what makes a high-performing, uh, cohesive high-performance team, that's what I then started my business in doing as I um, morphing from corporate America. Yeah, it's a, it's fascinating when you talk about it in that way, and you 
obviously we've all been in a situation where we maybe go into someone else to a business and, and look and see how well things seem to be clicking and wonder, boy, they're, you know, are they just lucky or is this all by design? And conversely, mm -hmm. when you walk into a, a company where things just are kind of dysfunctional and not working well, um, you can tell that, that there's tension and it's, things are a little bit sluggish. <clears throat> so here's my question is, uh, from what you're saying, it sounds like those that are listening that might feel like maybe their teams are a little bit sluggish and not working out well have hope for creating a cohesive uh, high-performance team. So let's define what is, what is that? What do you mean when you say cohesive high-performance team? How do we get our head around that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, cohesive, as is defined, is, is well integrated. So where they all, all the pieces fit well together. And like I said, it's like a well-oiled machine. And so it really begins with a company um, or organizational vision. What's the vision for your team, your organization, and or your company? And then when you understand, uh, first off, crafting that, then you understand the talents and the strengths of each individual, what they bring to the table, and by talents, I mean the way we naturally think, feel, and behave, and then it's how are they currently, how are their talents currently being applied to their daily function? A lot of the times, Bill, our, our talents, we're blind to them because we take them for granted. So in order to build those high-performance um, high teams, you really need to have the individuals understand what their talents are and then how are they being applied in their daily activities and then which activities pull them away from their strengths. That's really important as well. And then once they understand um, what their strengths are, then they'll also know what they need from their managers and other team members in order to be at their best. Collectively, the team members then establish goals and then their overall vision for the team. And then they understand then, then the, it's up to the leaders to drive this and help them, help each of the individuals connect their strengths to the vision of the organization and learn how to build on each other's strengths. So that way they, then they collaborate effectively and work much more productively because then they're all part of something bigger than themselves. I like it. So what I heard you say is that you have to have the vision first, then figure out what are, what are the strengths of each of the components in the team, each of the individuals in the team, uh, and then how are, they, how are they applying their strengths, what's, what's draining them. You mentioned that last in our last interview, and it was very, very effective, I think, for a lot of our listeners to hear. You know, you know, if, you're not, you know if you're in your strengths because you can do things that feel like they're effortless and you can do them for a long time, and you know when yeah. you're getting pulled away from that because you feel like you've got to take a nap, <laughs> right? You just well, like without, it's draining. Yeah, without question. Here's the other thing that, um, that I've found with a lot of clients and a lot of people as well is like just because you have deep skills and you have a lot of skills and you're proficient in something doesn't mean that that necessarily is your talent because oftentimes deep skills turn into deep ruts. And if we become complacent and not particularly joyful, it, it doesn't bring us joy 
then we know that yes, we can have that as a skill, but it may not be our talent because it does. The talents are ignited, and there's a lot of joy in them. So there's a difference as well. Okay, I, I buy that, and uh, and then you say once we figure that out, we need to then pull that back to the and help the team work with the team to establish their goals and vision that they see as a team and then see how that connects back to the company and a, a very well thought out process, obviously. Now, um, when you have a situation, you know, I, I talk to a lot of business owners and some of them are kind of, you know, manufacturing companies or this is not, um, this is, this is not, a science, you know, lab here, work has mm-hmm. to be done, work is work, and they just need to suck it up. Now, um, if they are not um, helping building teams based on strengths and weaknesses are getting in the way, what are some of the side effects of that? And, and what are, uh, talk about that, the weaknesses that can get in the way. Yeah, you know, we as a society, we're we're focused on weaknesses. It's it's crazy. We're we're great at pointing fingers as to what's wrong. We're always wanting to fix what's wrong. What we what we look at doing is first, let's shift our thinking. Let's start with what's right and what they're really people are really good at. And let's take the judgment out of strengths and weaknesses. Because nobody's perfect. And here's the thing, hate to break it to you because nobody's perfect. Um, we make it, when we take that judgment out of, uh, out of a strength and a weakness, we make it okay to identify our weaknesses so we know how and where we need help from others. And then how to maximize our strengths in service to each other. And what, what, what that does then in Peter Drucker's um, you know, as he refers to, we then render the weaknesses irrelevant because we can't do things by ourselves, Bill, as you know. Nobody can do anything by themselves. No CEO, no business owner can do anything by themselves. So it's critically important to understand what you're really good at and then also be strong in that, in, which gives you the courage to say, this is what I'm good at, this is the value I add, and you know what, I'm not so good here. So who do I need to partner with? Who do I need on my team to be able to have a well-rounded team? Going back to the previous um, interview we had, the best leaders are not well-rounded, but the best teams are. So that's why it's really important. We all do have weaknesses, and it's not a matter of focusing on them. It's a matter of identifying what they are and then seeking the help to, um, to round out our team. That's great advice. Um, I met with <clears throat> several people on uh, a management team in a company the other day, and one of the things that uh, – one of the kernels of wisdom that came out of it was, you know, we need to – be cross-trained, but we don't need to cross-do. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're doing each other's jobs all the time, and and that's not that doesn't fit into our strengths and our weaknesses. So let's talk about. I know we want to dwell on strengths, but let's talk about strategies for dealing with weaknesses. I think you said you had three strategies for dealing with weaknesses. What are they? Okay. So the strategies in dealing with weaknesses, first and foremost, we need to make sure that we're not being blindsided so we know what they are, right? So 
what I, what we recommend is that um, we reshape the role to fit the person. Because at the end of the day, we're all individuals. We have our own gifts and, and, and talents and strengths. And when we understand what each of them are, then we have greater respect for each other versus the pointing fingers, which then has much more of a negative connotation. So really, when we have great people within our company, that it perhaps, you know, oh, gosh, you, you, we have a, um, say we have John in a, um, in a position where he is fantastic at connecting with other people. However, he's at a desk job, and he doesn't get to connect out in the world, right? So what we want to be able to do is to then reshape the role to fit the person. Because as you and I both know, Bill, it's harder to hire new people than it is to actually retain the, the great people that you do have. So first and foremost, you know, first of all is reshape the role to fit the person. Secondly, as I said, is make it okay for employees who lack a strength to seek support. To seek support where um, if they if they're not a numbers person and they're much more of a relator per se, then ha- allow them to seek support to be able to get the numbers done that they need or analyze the numbers. So that way maybe this person uh, will be great at presenting the numbers. So it's, it's making sure that it's okay for employees to la- who lack a strength to seek support. And then the third thing is um, perhaps the person should be reassigned if the role doesn't match what they are really good at and there may not be um, a position on that particular team, then then um, that person should be reassigned. And in ironically, that's those are the best kind of conversations to have. First mm-hmm. is to have make sure that the the person understands their strengths and their and their weaknesses and their talents, and you have that very um, authentic conversation. So that way. It's in the best interest of the team leader as well as the individual to make sure you're matching, and, and it's a good fit. Because if it's not, then it's not good for the company, and it's certainly not good for the individual. Well, well said, Pam. It's just uh, so important to make sure that your team is is um, happy, empowered, listened to, and, and as part of this, you know, it's interesting. You, you and I get into different company situations and we start talking to the employees and isn't it kind of sad when you hear from uh, um, an important person in a company that you're the first person that's ever really asked me what's important to me. (laughs) It happens, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and it really does. And I think we get so, we, we get wrapped up in the doing Mm -hmm. of our, our roles and not being who we actually are in terms of we're all individuals and we all want to be working towards a greater good. And yes. I always encourage people to get, let's, let's get to the 50,000 foot level and understand what we're doing as a company as a whole, our big why. So ask the question is like, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we in business? Do your employees know why you're in business? It starts with why. And yes. then the individuals have their own particular why. 
you certainly don't want people going and, and just filling up a position and collecting a paycheck at the end of the day. That's it. I mean, that's certainly not what you want because those are – that's when companies get into the the um, situation where they say, gee, Pam, you know what, we're having stagnant growth and I'm not quite sure what, what's going on. We can't seem to get to the next level. Yes, Often yes. Because the, the leadership as well – people are not aligned around the company vision. And that's what I see happens is that – a lot of, you know, we lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. Why are we in business? That's so well put. And it's oftentimes the person at the head of the company who maybe started the company has what I call a gallon brain. And, and they try to dump a gallon of information into people that have maybe a court size attention, you know, or to detail. And they wonder why people just don't get it. Um, it. It's amazing how communication can break down in situations like that. And with good intent, and people get frustrated because why don't they understand what I'm saying? And they're like, why does he throw so much at me as a team? And why don't they? Why don't they? Why don't they recognize that I can be really, really good in these particular areas? And that yet they have me doing all these different things. So let's walk through Pam just briefly. What is the process for a company to start working on developing and understanding what the strengths of their team members are? Well, first we go in and we do an assessment, and it's the Clifton Strength Finders assessment, which gives them, you know, it's a multitude of questions that you have maybe 10 to 20 seconds to, um, to answer. You can't overthink them. And this is where it gets your knee-jerk reaction, your your um, your natural uh, tendency. So from that, it bubbles up your themes. What are the uh, your talent, your you know the, the various themes? We then work through that, and it's really important because Bill, what it does is it gives you a common vernacular within your company and a greater mm-hmm. appreciation for each other because we are all wired different. We, um, it's called what I call our fixed assets. It's the way we naturally think, feel, and behave. And it comes so natural to us. Like, for Bill, for your, you know, for example, you're so good at finding common ground with people and establishing relations, you know, and, and being able to win others over. And you think, oh, well, you know, can't everybody do this? Well, no, they can. And so when we understand what we're, what, we are really good at and what our teammates are really good at, we have a different respect for them because we're like, wow, that's, we're not all the same. And we, we have a different lens on, on our lives and our businesses. So we start with that and then helping them to understand how it fits in and how um, their talents have been utilized in past successes and really shining the spotlight on that so that way it shifts their thinking and now they have a a better lens in which to look at their lives that it just wasn't accidental. These are things that have happened through themes and patterns, but now they have a better understanding and now they can purposefully and productively apply them to future successes. Beautiful. Pam, how long does it take for an employee or an, an individual to take the Clifton Strength Finders 
test. I assume it's an online kind of a access. Yes, it is. And it's about 30 to maybe 40 minutes. And it should be okay. done in all one sitting, uninterrupted. Okay, so what I wanted to point out to our listeners, and we're we're just running short of time here, but you've given us a, a lot of great information, that that by starting by starting this process and by having uh, a conversation with Pam Reyes and uh, and help, having her point you in the right direction, within an hour, in less than an hour, you can start to understand the strengths of your key employees and. Aren't they your most important asset after all? I mean, aren't they really what makes your company work? So I, I implore you, if you have a small business or if you have a, a large business and you have key employees and you want to understand how to make them work more and get more out of that team, get in touch with Pam Reyes. Pam, you, you're offering a complimentary strategy session for building a team if they uh, approach you. It looks like at www.pamreyes.com forward slash strategy. Is that right? That's correct. So any any of your listeners, if they are interested in seeing how they can uh, create a cohesive high-performance team based on strengths, please uh, go to the website, again, www.pamreyes.com slash strategy, and we'll have a 45, 50-minute strategy session and what's the best next step for you. That's fantastic and great information. And, of course, you can always go to just the general website, pamreyes.com, P-A-M-R-E-Y-E-S.com, and find out more about Pam and what she's all about and some of these things we talked about and listen to her prior interviews. And, Pam, I, I really, really want to thank you for this. It's so important. I see this almost every day in my business life, how important it is for people to take a first step and work towards helping their team uh, be better and stronger. So thanks so much for joining us again today. Thanks for having me, Bill. Take care. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us.